You're listening to Metrics and Chill, where you'll learn how to improve key metrics that grow your business from companies that have done it before. In this episode, John Bonini chats with Josh Ho, the founder and CEO of Referral Rock, to hear how they improve their sales efficiency ratio, the ratio of sales that were generated through salespeople versus non-salespeople. Before they focused on this metric, about 90% of all deals that Referral Rock closed were through your traditional sales process, with just about 10% of deals being closed through self-serve or customer support. This obviously required a big investment in hiring and onboarding sales staff, and that was really time and cost intensive, and it made it harder for them to scale efficiently. So you'll learn how Josh and his team were able to change that ratio to about 50-50 in just six months, increasing the efficiency of their sales team and allowing them to do more with less. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Metrics and Chill podcast. Today I'm excited to have someone that we've wanted to have on the podcast for, for quite a while. I know Pete has has bugged me a lot, Josh, to have you on the podcast. So we finally have you on, Josh Ho from Referral Rock, founder and CEO. Josh, finally, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, John. It's good to be here. Why don't you, uh, you know, tell our audience, for those who might not know, who Referral Rock is and what the software does. Sure. Uh, referral Rock is a referral marketing software as a service. So um, our big uh, mission out there is to help businesses scale and measure word of mouth through things, referral programs, affiliate programs, all the type of programs where you kind of are adding a little fuel to the fire to help your customers or advocates or partners refer your business. Right. And, and like, tell me about the the company, like how how big is the team? And how do you have like your your team actually structured? Which departments are are you know currently in place? Sure, uh, I believe we're about sixteen people now. It's kind of one of those things that changes a little bit. Sometimes we've had a part time person come back, different things like that. Uh, but we have uh, four main groups. Uh, we have our sales team, we have our customer success, we have our product team, uh, and we have our marketing team. Right, it seems pretty you know the, the essentials, right? Keeping it really yep, lean. Yeah. And how do you like talk about how you actually go about setting KPIs, tracking metrics, setting goals, like all those types of things, you know, maybe start because we're talking about today, we're talking about sales efficiency ratio. That's what Josh is going to be talking about in terms of like things that they did at Referral Rock to improve that, Um, you know, going from, you know, traditional sales led to sort of like a 50-50 split um, of sales led and sales assisted. Um, But like talk about how you go about setting goals, you know, setting the right KPIs to track, um, you know, starting with the sales team, like what is that, what does that process and that function look like? So that's, that has changed a bit over time, but I would say, uh, like sales efficiency has been a big piece of it. It's we're self-funded slash bootstrapped, you know, we're very cost conscious and essentially all of the motions we make have to be, you know, profitable for us. So, you know, Sales close rates are really important to us, um, and a big, a big area where we started the company was into like more of a, a sales led motion. What's funny enough is we started as a product led, but never quite got there enough because we started to have really good sales conversion ratios out of being sales led. Right, right. So yeah, so talk about like what is is it a quarterly process? Like what it, what does that exercise look like? in terms of identifying sales goals for a specific quarter, you know, like, you know, we're at the end of the year here, I'm, you know, I'm sure you're already well into Q1 and and 2022 planning, but like, what does that exercise look like in terms of like identifying 
what sales goals are, which specific metrics you're tracking, leading and lagging indicators. Like, what does that exercise look like for you at Referral Rock? So yeah, we do we do operate under kind of a an OKR quarterly uh, cadence, mm-hmm. so to speak. So right now we are knee deep in a lot of the planning, kind of setting up for what the plans would be for Q1. It sort of starts with me, where I kind of am looking at you know where can we align you know mm-hmm. other departments and other areas. One of the big ones we are focusing on for next year is uh, is retention. Um, the big one last year was uh, you know efficiency. And what we do is we kind of go through and we look onto like three main areas. So what are we ma- what do we need to maintain and what should we essentially keep doing what's working? Um, the other one is where do we do any sort of experimentation? Like what other areas can we can we just improve on that we haven't really thought too much about? So it's like, oh, do we start doing some live chat on the website? You know, those are within each department. We can kind of what, 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 what are we going to experiment on for that quarter? And the last one is kind of an internal educational thing. Where else can we like learn new things, learn new skills on the team? It might be the product team had a great one last year, which was leveling up their security. It's those types of things where you're not going to really make enough time for, but setting it as a OKR or a, a KPI for them might have been watching like 10 uh, security videos over the course right. of the quarter for each developer, things like that. Right. So give me some examples for like the sales team. Like what walk through that three-part framework there like what what would be some things like that you should maintain you know certain things that you should try maybe experiment and growth with and like and then on the educational side like walk us sure. through that what what that would look like sure so for the sales one here i'll actually pull up one from this past uh, quarter so uh one of them is um to maintain it was the mql response time for non-live leads so how fast are they uh responding and especially getting someone on a demo uh, what is the like percentage rate of um, demo requests that actually a request is made, and how many actually get their their demo? Do you know? Do they show up? We know there's right. like a right. lot of missing parts in the funnel where where people may may not show up. Um, another one for sales was things like um, you know how many of the deals that they created happened in the last like certain amount of rolling days. So we have certain metrics that we've sort of changed over time to tweak these. These ones that are we know that we can move the needle um, with with those certain ones for to maintain certain sales metrics for us. And when you say maintain, uh, do you mean it's going to continue to be a focus? Because obviously you're trying to grow and improve those metrics, not maintain what mm-hmm. they're currently at. Correct? Yes. Yes. So yeah, we'll set we'll usually change the percentages or set them right. within reason, right? So we knew uh, like last quarter, let's say it was operating at you know uh, I think. The score was, let's see, I think we were trying to make MQL response times um, averaging 40 hours. And right now, you know, we, we would paste that based off of what happened in the past quarter. So we would say, you know, it was, let's say, you know, 50 hours um, last last quarter. Right. So let's try to improve that to 40. So then that's, that's the metric we're kind of continuously operating on. That is one that we consider in, in maintenance in terms of like from a metric perspective that we want to. Yes, keep improving, um, but it's usually set by the previous quarter. Right, and then certain things over time you might, you know, drop in terms of importance or prioritization, and so they wouldn't make that sort of maintenance list. So basically, every quarter, each team, led by you or team leaders from each of the, you know, sales marketing, are putting together like a plan based on that three-part framework: maintenance, expansion, and education. 
Yeah, those are all done by the teams themselves. So yeah. I think that the team leaders will work with the teams themselves. They're usually, again, not starting from a blank slate. They're usually, you know, iterating off of the last sure. quarter. So they're kind of looking at that. Um, and then they're, I think they have, they usually have a, uh, they have monthly retrospectives within each team. So oftentimes they're rechecking, you know, resetting those, setting out what metrics, where they are based on that month. And then that's what they're sort of using to base and say, okay, here's what we're thinking of doing next quarter. Here's where we're right. thinking we can aggressively improve or some ones that start to get super refined and really don't move any anymore. We might keep them in a period of where, okay, just keep this set of averages, you know, just to make sure we know that they don't fall off the wagon and we don't know why, you know, something all of a sudden doesn't start working anymore. Right. That makes sense. And so they roll those plans up to you. Basically you go through, I'm sure, provide your feedback, approve them, give your final blessing, that kind of thing. And that kind of acts as the action plan for each quarter for every team. Correct. Yep. So give us an idea. So if, you know, if I was to sit in on like, you know, a sales, you know, reporting meeting, what, what type, like what specific metrics is everyone tracking? Like week to week, um, obviously there might be some things you're checking in on a monthly basis, some things you're checking on more of a weekly basis or even daily when it comes to sales. So like what types of specific metrics is the sales team tracking if, if we were to, you know, spy on one of your meetings? Uh, that's a good question. Let me pull one of those up because they do keep a log. We use Confluence um, internally to kind of keep track of a lot of these. So let me see. I think there's a weekly sales meeting, which I have not been a part of, which is <laughs> sort of nice. <laughs> that's why I have to actually pull up the resource. This is great. L live on the call, actually pulling up and, and there we go. Go, walking through resources. So yeah, here is actually today's one. So they do have a couple things in their weekly meeting, um, but most of the ones are, uh, you know, both um, qualitative and quantitative information. So yeah. like last week's stats, how many new demos did they have? How many review calls did each rep have? Um, did they have any immediate blockers, things they're waiting on, security reviews, um, contracts, that type of stuff, uh, deals expected to close this week? Um, so those are all kind of a little more metrics driven. Um, right. uh, and then here's a, another column from the product team that's like, here's some new features that were coming in and what should they reincorporate into demos or make other changes, things that they can highlight. Um, and other ones are really based mostly on sort of capacity and um, where they are on like basically kind of their load. So should they, if it's a little on the lower side, should they start some re-engagement campaigns? Um, if it is on the higher side, is there things that we can shift away from them, like have someone else, you know, kick in to help them if we feel like uh, their attention is is needed or they have, you know, too many demos, won't have enough time to kind of keep up with everything. Um, so we can kind of move the knobs and twist the dials to right. redirect things into different different routing. Right. It sounds like you have a mix, like a good mix of what we call at Databox, we call them outcome metrics and output metrics. Outcomes being mm -hmm. the things like, you know, new MRR. Um, upgrade MRR, that kind of thing. And then outputs. So the things that you're doing, you know, number of demo calls, um, even the things like you mentioned, like blockers and things like that would not, not necessarily an output, but things that can impact output, which is obviously going to impact the outcome. So like we, we do, a, we actually, you know, try to incorporate both into our weekly meetings, not just the outcomes, but the things that we're doing, number of blog posts we publish, number of, you know, surveys sent out or new survey responses and things that are going to obviously impact outcomes. Um, and it sounds mm -hmm. like the, you know, you guys are doing a good job of that too. Yep. So, all right. So now, you know, we're kind of walk through 
your planning and goal setting process a little bit, you know, a, a peek, a live peek into the actual dashboard and, and, and what you all are sharing uh, or the sales team is sharing on a weekly basis and what they're tracking. But talk about like what's one metric that the team has improved recently that's had the biggest impact on the on the business. Sure. So I, I think earlier I talked to you about uh, what sort of, you know, top level company goals we were focusing on. And the one last year was sales efficiency ratios. So this had to do with us just making, you know, knowing where we were and how we were growing. We had, you know, more inbound leads coming in and it was always challenging to spin up and train a new salesperson, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 they're it's a expensive from a cost perspective with both, you know, commissions and salary, um, you know, and and getting them time to spin up. So that was a that was we knew that last year, um, in addition to seeing the seas of change of everyone talking about PLG, everyone uh, looking at more product and self-service, all of those, you know, parts that really make those efficiency numbers, you know, much more, much better versus just uh, a traditional inbound sales uh, motion. Right. So, and you talked about this earlier too, before we got on this call, which was like sales efficiency ratio, obviously an important metric for you now, but also you're kind of future proofing. Um, the company in terms of like being able to try different things like paid ads um, and being able to scale different and new programs where maybe you don't, again, have to continue to, you know, hire and, and grow an inside sales team or have to rely on, you know, a sales, sales led process, which is, you know, can be more costly. It's going to take more time. And, and, you know, you mentioned earlier, bootstrapped 16 people, right? You're, you're trying to do everything you can to be more efficient. Um so give me like your definition or referral rocks definition of like, you know, your sales efficiency ratio is measuring salesperson generated sales versus non salesperson generated sales. That's kind of like how you worded it. So like, yep. mm-hmm. what's, what's the difference? Cause I know you said you kind of mentioned you had like a hybrid model, uh, uh right. on the non sales side. So what do both of those look like in the context of referral rock? So, I'll start with what they looked like last year and then we'll walk into where what what Perfect. kind of changes we started to put into and how this how you can kind of make sense of my my obscure metric. <laughs> so um, so yeah, like last year pretty much, you know, if you looked at any CTI on our website or anything like that, it pretty much drove to a demo, mostly because we learned early on that that was really effective in our market. Um, people wanted to talk to people about how a referral program could work for them. It wasn't the most like, hey, let me just click and build this and and try it type of thing. So a lot of them just had other questions. So everyone went to a salesperson, which, you know, had the traditional sales motion. So it's like discovery calls and all that, Um, you know, might have follow up calls, would have, you know, bring your champions, bring your, um, you know, bring your like boss in integration calls, different things like that. So what we, you know, that was that was the traditional sales. And then that that other little area would be we still had a trial. So you could sign up for a 14-day free trial. Mm-hmm. Someone would come in, and you'd still have the people that would come in in self-service, which was great. Um, they'd come in, try the product, and then you know click the buy and upgrade button. So that's what it was. And at that point in time, it was a 90% uh, of all of our new sales kind of came in through the sale, that sales, that like more heavy-handed sales. The demo. De- so yes. 90% through demo, 10% through the trial and this is actually closed deals these are customers paying Mm -hmm. customers. closed deals yep right yeah okay 90 percent through demo 10 percent through free trial or yeah the free trial 
So, yeah. Okay, so that's what it looked like then. What does it look like now? So, yeah, over the course of that time, realizing our product was finally catching up to being a more self-service, you know, we did some major upgrades, kind of the whole like 1.0 to 2.0 internally, different things like that. So it, it made more sense to build in more of the, you know, PLG style onboarding types of things into our product. Um, in addition to that, we were just, you know, again, having trouble hiring and training up sales talent and the realization that we just needed to kind of try a different way. You know, we were still hooked to new sales and stuff coming in in the same way. So it's like, how do you, you know, make changes as the, the plane is falling down type of thing. You didn't want to make too many changes. You know what works, so you don't want to deviate too far. Um, so what we did was, um, you know, we, we decided to try an experiment with CSMs, right? So we had our CSMs who were very apt with the product, knew exactly how to onboard. Essentially, it's the best consultative sale you could probably ever have because the person has zero vested interest in like a commission. They're not coming from a sales background. All they really wanted was help. So we're like, well, what if we start applying them onto our model and just, but cut them off. Like, so don't let them try to do all of the, like, hey, let's, let's talk to your champion. Let's talk about, you know, a buying process and all of that. They would just go in, maybe it's a group call, maybe it's a one call, and then they just send you things like HubSpot to do follow-up emails. So it was a very efficient, just, okay, I'm going to let the buyer now, I've, I've, I've led the buyer, I've told them what we do, I've answered their questions. Now I'm basically driving them into the product and then I'm just totally hands off letting them see if they can make the rest of their way in, in through the buying process. Um, and obviously the last other end is was still the self-service. So that still existed. Um, but now over the course of the year, we just kind of slowly started moving those nubs and dials I talked about. You know, one of those was like the CTAs on the top of the website. What used to just say demo in like a, you know, a big bold colored button and a little muted like trial <laughs> is now pretty much a 50-50 split. Like, you know, we were, our whole um, kind of thesis on this was letting the buyer buy how they want to buy. So, hey, if you want a demo and that's how you need to buy, because I'm actually that way, as much as you hear people, you know, beat the drum for PLG. Um, I was always like, I just think it's more efficient to talk to someone, figure out if it's going to do the things I need to do, get off the call. Yes, I might say, okay, stop emailing me because the product's not a right fit. But right. I'm happy to do that versus spending three hours in a product trying to figure out if the integrations are going to work the way I want them to, you know, to work. So I'm a like, hey, I have little time and I want to go in and get a demo and just knock it out really quick. Right. And my question's answered. Right. Um, so yeah, I actually pulled up your website since we're doing you know live run-throughs here and you pulled yeah, up your dashboard yeah. before. So yeah, you have like in the in the header section of the website, schedule a demo, start a trial. Um, and you said it was 90-10 before. 90% of paying customers were coming through the demo, 10% were coming through the mm -hmm. trial. Now it's more 50-50, correct? Yes. So how though? Like, I <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm guessing you had, I mean, uh, you know, I could go use the Wayback Machine and see your website last year, but was, did you have the start a free trial option there as well? Like how, how did you shift? Well, well, that many people. Well, actually, what we're measuring is not necessarily their intent is almost like who handled it and how did they handle it? So Got obviously, it. yeah, okay. if they came in through a demo, you could still go to what we were calling, you know, the, the sales assist or the buyer's assist Got person, it. the okay. person that was not a traditional commission based salesperson. Right. So you could still fall into that camp. You could be, you know, based on some segmentation and some other things, you could end up in a group demo and you have one call. So we're still 
considering that like basically right. very light touch. So what criteria are you right? So like what criteria are you using to say like all right these folks could be more the light touch one call demo, um, and these folks will have like the traditional you know salesperson. Is it like size of company? That kind of thing, like bigger companies are going to need more handholding. Like, how do you actually determine who goes where? Uh, so we do our own lead scoring, which right. does incorporate things like size of company, um, email, you know, email address. So if it's a free account, <laughs> you're going to definitely be categorized in a different way <laughs> versus, you know, a, a domain. Um, and then we use some other APIs on the back end to kind of go and look up some domains quickly, all in real time, essentially to categorize them and put them into the right you know, buckets, so to speak. Right. Okay. So you're, you're capturing some intelligence. You kind of have a feel for uh, the type of user or customer they might be, and then they get basically routed uh, accordingly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. We, we did come up with a really clever one that's been helpful, which is I think we have a drop-down box on one of them that's basically uh, ask them just like, you know, why they're here that day. And some of them were like, hey, I'm already getting referrals and I want to get more. Hey, I've, uh, I want to start, we have a manual program. And like one of the ones that is very, it's basically to tell, uh, tell us where they are on their buyer journey. So if someone answers, I think that the first default drop down or the first answer might be like, I've heard this referral thing, you know, can basically get me more leads. So if someone, you know, answers that question, um, usually it means they're earlier in the buying process. So even if they have a, a really good domain um, have a lot of have a lot of people at their company. They might not get the top score because they're where they are in the buyer journey. Might make not make you know might might not make a lot of sense for us to route them to you know the top level salesperson because we want to make hey I just want to know about the product. I just have very brief questions. And again, it allows us to give them this personalized experience, but not necessarily you know match the right the right type of a uh, person on our back end to the buyer so to speak right so what else did you what else did you because i know you you mentioned uh product changes new sales processes new team roles and training marketing landing page changes that route to the right place which is kind of what you were just going over so like mm-hmm. what other things had a big impact on shifting that number that sales efficiency ratio number from 90 10 to more of a 50 50 split uh, yeah, like I mentioned, some of the landing page things, um, since it was a whole new like role, you know, this was, you know, at this point, right. you know, we're about four or five years in from having a very refined, you know, we talked about these, uh, you know, setting KPIs, everything was super fine tuned at this point. And so kind of having ourselves kind of take a reset and go like, let's, let's get back down to basics. Let's get down to first principles of like what actually works, what is necessary versus what do we know works and we'll just continue doing the same you know so it took some retooling internally um a lot of routing new dashboards new new data coming in with the crms i think we did incorporate that that lead score mechanism we talked about that was all this year that attributed to being able to um route the right leads to the right person so again um the the end goal is it just can make us so much more efficient make it easier for us to you know, train, train new staff into stepping into this, but we had to have all the, um, you know, pipes in place, so to speak, right? Like, okay, we do this group demo thing. Okay. What is the script for a group demo? How Mm -hmm. does that work? When do we route this? What types of email sequences are they getting versus all these old ones? So we kind of 
got to basically steal from our own internal resources and start to kind of retool this whole different uh, sort of pipeline that was going in that was outside the typical, you know, uh, sales inside sales deal flow that we had before. Right, right. And so did you did you end up hiring additional team members to focus solely in this area? Or was it more of like internal, you know, promotions? Uh, we started it out internally first. We felt yeah. that was the way to, um, I guess, mitigate the most amount of risk because sure. we didn't have to have another person, you know, you, you, we're not A-B testing to know if they can learn the product. So we took, we stole from the CS team. <laughs> so we took a, a more senior CS person that was actually kind of getting at the tail end of being burned out of CS. We're like, hey, you want to try something new? This will be a transitional kind of role you get to do in between before you, you know, step in and can you know, take more leadership roles in other areas. So right. he, he was a trooper. He, you know, proved himself. He knows our product inside out. He's actually the, also doubles as like our sales engineer. So would help out, has been in on sales calls before. Um, and obviously as a CM, worked extensively with a lot of customers. But he, he kind of came in and, you know, basically helped kind of frame out a lot of this role, you know, told us what was working, what wasn't. And he was of the type that, you know, I don't want to get on, you know, 50 calls with one person, right? Like he wants to make good use of his time as well. So it was the right mindset of a person that had the right background in training. And he essentially was like the first Marine that kind of went to take that hill to well, right. pledge it out with us and, and make it make it work and mitigate that risk. So what he has done since then is then once we knew that, we kind of understood the role we were hiring for. And that's when we started to look for a new person, a brand new person to test it again. Um, and at this point, we do have a whole new person. He's been trained by the original one um, and is off and running. And actually, I think at this point has closed like three or four of his first deals, like as of, you know, maybe a week or two ago. Right. So. What's what's been the timeline on all this? Like obviously you've you, like you said you needed to develop the processes, work mm -hmm. with somebody internally to to help you know identify all those opportunities. Like when did this shift start happening? Uh, the shift really started happening about mid year, so it was like probably around May or June of this year. Right now, you know all the plans for it and how we were thinking about it, you know, started earlier than that. So the most of the metrics I gave you were based off of like the first five months of the sure. year versus the last five months. Sure, sure. Um, and how, yeah, how are you measuring all this? I, I'm, I'm guessing there's some custom, custom metrics that you're creating. Like what, what does that look like? What are you using and, and, and how are you tracking all this? Uh, so the big one for this one is, uh, you know, we use HubSpot, HubSpot CRM. We've been a big HubSpot CRM fan for a long time. And in there, you know, you can set, you know, deals and, and who, who owns those deals and we have kind of created some fake users. So we have like our self-service at Referral Rock user. <laughs> and then we know essentially by the salesperson who still goes in and closes the deal, whether it was you know through sales or through this buyer assist process, like whose name gets attributed to closing the deal. So if I go and pull that up in a, in a HubSpot chart, I can go and see um, you know through their report builder, I can go and look at all this all the deals that were closed over the past, you know, year. Um, and I, you know, basically have it report on a monthly basis. You can see a stack bar chart of which people, um, and essentially then we're, we're marking which ones were a full-time, like regular style salesperson, um, versus the self-service, um, versus the, you know, buyer assist person. And that how we grouped those two metrics, like we said, the lighter touch buyer assist person plus the, the self-service, you know, attributes to that lighter touch side, right. which, you know, 
we moved from 10% uh, to 50%, and, uh, and the sales-led side, which was 90%, and has moved to 50 um, And over the time, at this time, you know, there has been some increases in sales uh, in addition to just, like, yeah, ma- maintaining and, and increasing sales over the course. So it's been really nice to see that efficiency change. If I will probably do some other reporting and numbers, which will help to feed, you know, our budgets and other aspirations of how we can make use of this newfound efficiency and maybe feed more ad dollars or other things like that that we can do to scale this out. Because previously, like I said, the biggest head bump for us was we're not able to quickly scale this out. If we did increase our marketing spend or we did land some really great SEO landing pages that were coming in Mm. or had some sort of viral campaign or anything out there that would have, you know, caused a big shift in terms of how much inbound flow we were getting, uh, we wouldn't have been able to respond uh, nearly as quickly to it. Right. Because it was mostly focused on one-to-one yeah, sales led, you know, meetings and things like that. Demo requests. Um, have you seen this have an impact on any other m- metrics? Because obviously you can make that shift from 90, 10 to 50, 50, like you did maintain the same level of sales, which sounds like you've also grown them a bit too. Um, which in itself is a win because obviously you're more efficient as a sales team. It's more scalable going forward. But did you see that this had any other impact on any other metrics, uh, you know, sales metrics or retention or anything like that? Because obviously this, the sales motion is a little different now for, Mm -hmm. you know, half of your customers, whereas before it was more in 90, 10. So does that have any other impact on any other or any implications further into the customer life cycle? Uh, it's hard to tell exactly at this point since it's still pretty early of these. Um, right. We are having customers on board a bit faster because, again, they're kind of getting, I would say almost, um, I don't want to say pushed, but kind of, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll just say pushed, but pushed more into the pro- into the product earlier than they were in the cycle before. Like, you know, a, a salesperson kind of their goal is to get them on the next call or to get, you know, to have that next meeting or get to get them to close. They and if if it's an option for them to say, hey, go explore the product, and they want they want an end user or a cus- prospective customer to go in and tinker around the product, you know, they may not do that early on. It just again depends on the type of sale. But that other process, they're trying to let the product do the work. So then we are having more people set up their set up their referral programs faster. Um, and also even opt out of the onboarding and launch their programs, you know, a, a lot faster, which uh, you know, without doing the full numbers on it at this point, because it's still early since we've made that major switch. Um, but being able in probably about six months to look at that and saying, okay, how how has the onboarding changed? How has the speed to launch? That's another metric we we look at. How fast can they essentially start to get value out of the product? Um, you know, so I think those will definitely, you know, we'll, we'll look at those in six months. But I think there has been already just material improvement because the CSMs have less, there are more sales coming in. And I think they're probably maintaining the same amount of accounts that they need to do, you know, more of a, a handholding right. or a or a larger onboarding type of product project. Right. And like you said earlier, you've set yourself up to be able to scale in different ways and try different things and not be, you know, uh, and be able to handle the volume, whether that's a paid ad campaign or, a, um, you know, inclusion or sponsorship of a big newsletter. Like mm-hmm. it kind of sets you up to be able to handle that volume better, um, which makes sense for scaling as a small team bootstrap. So, um, yeah, seems to make uh, seems to put you in a good spot. Uh, Josh, this was great, man. Thank you for coming on and, and, and giving us the 
the sort of inside track here on uh, how not just the the metric and sales efficiency racing and how you're improving it, but what the team looks like, how you're operating, what the plans look like, and stuff like that. Uh, this was great. Thanks for sharing so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great to to be able to finally meet up. Yeah, <laughs> likewise. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.